Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and today I am so happy to get to sit down with Bible teacher and author Elizabeth Woodson. Today, I get to talk with Elizabeth about her book, Embrace Your Life, How to Find Joy When the Life You Have is Not the Life You Hoped For. Um, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here and just sharing your heart through this book and, and through this conversation. Jamie, thank you for having me. I'm excited just to talk about the book with you, to hear your thoughts and really just share the content with your listeners. Yeah. Well, before we get into the book, we love to ask each of our guests what your favorite prayer closet is. Where where do you like to go? It doesn't have to be a, a, a room or even indoors, but where do you go to feel close to God? Well, my grandmother was a, a praying woman, like prayer ministry leading in church. And so she had this wing back chair in her mm-hmm. home that a lot of prayers got prayed in that chair. And so when she passed, I was like, I need that chair. <laughs> and so I oh. have her chair in my um, apartment and I used to have it in my office. Um, and so that's just a place where I think I know a lot of just faithfulness to the Lord just happened in that chair uh, with my grandmother and mother. And so that's a special place for me to just spend time with the Lord. Wow. That is, that's really special just to have that tangible reminder and to just sometimes sit there and think of like, wow, she was here. She prayed. These are, this is exactly where these prayers were prayed. That is, that's pretty amazing. I love that. Mm -hmm. Wow. I want to be that kind of grandmother. I want people to look back. I want our, you know, my grandkids to be like, my grandmother prayed for me. So that's, that's an inspiration. Yeah. Well, what was it? So your book is called Embrace Your Life, How to Find Joy When the Life You Have is Not the Life You Hope For. And I loved this. I love the way you laid it out and just the, the points you made. What inspired you to write this book? Yeah. And the inspiration is probably twofold. Um, one, I've just worked in ministry for, for years. And part of that is you just talk to people who are carrying heavy weights mm-hmm. and you don't want to give them the sugary sweet answers you want to give them substantive, substantive truth. Um, and so just my journey in trying to, to care for people in the context of the churches are walking through difficult situations within my own life, right? Because ultimately it's our relationship with the Lord, how we're showing up um, as, as I'm showing up as his daughter every day. And um, I'm a single, never married in my late thirties. And so the book is not a book about singleness, um, but being married is a prayer request. Of the Lord is not answered in the affirmative as of yet. And so at some point in my, in my life, I was like, I have to learn how to live without what I desire and not just kind of limp along, but really thrive. Because I saw people, you know, they're carrying heavy weights. Some people, they are living life. They are thriving. They're having a great time. And other people are just stuck and they can't get past it. And they keep rehearsing the tape. And I wanted to help people get unstuck because I wanted to be unstuck myself. And so it's probably my own personal experience. And then working with ministry just inspired me to want to share what God taught me with, um, with the world. That is so good. And I love how you put that, not just accept the thing that you haven't been given that you wanted and limp along. Yeah. Because I think that sometimes we almost, you know, I know in my life when I've had unanswered prayers, I, I'm almost like that, that toddler who says like, I I think I even, I I relate to this when, you know, my kids were little and the toddler who's like, okay, you know, and they stomp away. I I feel like that's me sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Or, or you even get this sense of, I, I, 
when I was younger and there was a broken engagement, um, I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe this is God wanting me to be unhappy mm-hmm. to, it was like a stoic mentality. Like God, yeah. God needs me to be unhappy so I can be a better Christian. Mm-hmm. And that, I, that is not mm-hmm. his story. I mean, yes, maybe he, he definitely used that and used the pain and he repurposed it and he redeemed it, but he doesn't want you to be unhappy mm-hmm. so you can be a better Christian. And I yeah. love how you said to just to, to thrive, to not limp along. And, and that comes across in this book so beautifully. The way that you describe this, um, this feeling of not having what you want or what you've prayed for is longing. And you call it the emotional response to the gap between the life you hoped for and the one that you actually have. And I think that really, that's so well put. So if we think of this word longing, so every, I I don't know anyone who either hasn't experienced a longing, a gap between what you want and what you have, or doesn't have one now. Mm -hmm. So can it ever be a good thing? Can that longing be a good thing? Or is it always bad in the way that you're speaking of it? Yeah, I think longing itself, it can be a good thing or not. Like, and maybe the better word is it's neutral, right? So you know, I don't think the longing for wanting healing or wanting a better marriage or Mm -hmm. wanting um, substantive friendships or wanting to be married, like, like the things that we long for aren't bad things. The things that we long for aren't bad things, um, that they are things that it just is life. We live in a fallen world. And so there are just aspects where things are not going to be what we would hope for them to be. Um, And so I think some, I think there are some things that we long for that just don't match up with the character of God and what God calls us to be and do in this world. And so I think there's a potential for us to say, I have a desire for something, but that something does not need to be a part of my life in any capacity. Um, but to me, it is, what do we do with it? And I think that's how we can fall into this area of at the least, um, not stewarding the life God has given us well. And on the higher end of the spectrum, actually doing some things that are sinful because we want to, be sovereign over our own lives and not just fall underneath the sovereignty of God and say, I love this. I want this, but I love you more as I'm going to take what you give me, God. And again, lung can be complex because of our life situations. Um, but I think it is, there are some really good things we want and they just don't happen. Um, and so it's, what do we do when they don't happen to me is the place that uh, determines whether or not the, this, the longing itself is something that's sinful or not the longing, our response to the longing can fall into an area that's sinful or just a mismanagement of the life that we've been given. Oh, that's good. And I think that is so true for so many different things. I think of fear, you know, Mm -hmm. if you have fear, the fear itself, it's not the bad thing. It's our response to that. Do we spiral into chronic worry and anxiety or do we, you know, anyway, or, or anger, do we thin in our anger or do we use that Mm -hmm. anger and deal with it? And it's the same with that longing. Um, so what, what are, what are some of the different ways that we can respond to that longing in our lives on one side or the other? Yeah. You know, I I think, cause it's for me, longing is this like nagging feeling. And so you have to be quiet enough and be present with yourself enough to even know that that's what you're experiencing is longing. Mm -hmm. And we just live in a society that doesn't really tell us that it's a, 
in, in one way, it tells us it's not okay to be present with ourselves. And so let me do all these things to avoid my emotions, to numb my emotions, to ignore them, to stuff them down. And so sometimes we, um, we try to, like it's a Netflix binges, you know, Amazon Prime is becomes our best friend. And I have packages outside my front door too. I tell people, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, we're both in this together, but it's, I'm just doing things to to, to get away from this feeling instead of sitting with ourselves and saying, okay, what's really going on here and how can I process through it? Um, and so I think on one end, there are some things we can do just to numb it away. Um, we are situations where we don't have control over what's going on in our lives. And so we try to grab control in another area over someone else. And so it's all these behaviors that we have that are leading us to say, I don't want to deal with this longing in my life. So I'm going to um, do something so I can ignore it or numb it because I just want the pain to go away. Um, I just want it to stop hurting. And so I'm just going to try to get rid of the hurt instead of processing the hurt with the word. Um, and so on the other end, the good things that we can do with our longing is really one, acknowledge that it exists, that mm-hmm. in the, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to say, this is really hard. And this makes me really sad. And I don't want this. Like I would rather not have to carry this God and to be honest with each other as our community of believers, to be honest before the Lord and to walk through this process of just, Lord, what would you have me to do with this? Lord, what is, I want to believe that you're good. It feels like you're not good in this situation, but I know you're good. And so, you know, scripture just teaches us how to walk through the valleys with God. And I think that is what we do with our longing is we bring it to the Lord and we remember, and I have lots of, you have them here, lots of different um, spiritual disciplines we can do. But the first step is I have an issue and I need to to do something with it. And the first stop is, Lord, can you help me with this? Um, We don't need to ignore, we need to stuff it down because it doesn't go away. That's the thing. It just pops up in another way. And we just need to be honest about it and help ask the Lord to help us deal with it. Yeah. And I think sometimes we get this idea that if we are unhappy with what God has given us or what we have, that maybe we're not being a good enough Christian or, you know, God doesn't want to hear, maybe we're afraid to voice that because God doesn't want to hear my complaints, Mm -hmm. but he knows anyway. I mean, you know, (laughs) he knows what you're feeling anyway, and it's just going to fester. And I think that is just a, a, tactic of the enemy to keep you cloistered, just to keep you feeling alone, feeling bitter and that root of bitterness to just grow and dig deeper so that it's harder to deal with the longer it stays festering. So yeah. 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 Cause the enemy wants to make sure we don't go to the Lord. And so there's all these techniques he uses, distraction, discouragement, But like you said, Jamie, that God doesn't want to hear what you're thinking or you can't bring him that. Like he already knows everything we're thinking, what's in our hearts, and that we would we would give ourselves a grace and freedom to be what we are, which is sometimes broken people who just need to bring our brokenness to the only place where healing comes or the place where healing begins. Um, And it is that there's freedom. The scripture is full of so many examples of the people of God keeping it real with the Lord. Like we don't have to pretty it up. We always honor him, but sometimes I think we honor him in just being honest that this is hard and he knows it's hard. Um, 
and that he can do work in that space when we're honest and not trying to hide from him with it. Yeah. Well, and like you said, we need to make that space. Our lives are not nobody. I know. I don't think I know many people, if not, if a single person who has a ton of just free time to sit around and, and be with their thoughts, even much less spend time with God or, you know, untangling all of the different issues they're going through. I know for me, I, I like to kind of push things under the rug that are problems. Cause I don't like conflict. I don't like, you know, I like to keep things moving along, but it, it builds up to the point where it just comes out, but mm-hmm. it's, it's partly because I, one of my idols I think is busyness and I make myself busy. I have young, youngish kids <laughs> that need attention and help uh, with things. And so I can keep myself really busy for a long time and keep from dealing with important things. Um, so do you have any advice for how to create space for that kind of thought and processing that has to happen? Yeah. You know, I, I think this the creation of space. Sometimes I think people feel like oh, I have to set aside an hour or like two hours every day to do it, mm-hmm. but that we hopefully are in regular rhythms of just being with the Lord period. And so whether it's in those 15 minutes in the morning before your kids are awake and you have this window, you know, as you are praying to the Lord or you're journaling or you're reading through scripture, that what are one or two questions I can just ask myself that I just have regular check-in moments with myself about what's going on or journaling is just a wonderful way for me to get it all out of my head and put it on a piece of paper. And then as I'm reading through scripture, how can I read truth? that will encourage me about the goodness of God when I feel like he's not good. And again, that's not hours and hours throughout the day, but these regular moments with the Lord that we, we need to have in order to survive. Um, and to me, it's, it's how can I find those, even if it's how can I prioritize getting before the Lord, um, even if it's for a few moments, because that's a lifeline for us. I think that's so key is taking away the, pressure of, of, of having a huge chunk of time. Cause yeah. that's, that's anytime you have, I don't know, any hang up about like prayer or time with God, Bible reading. A lot of times it stems from procrastination and saying, yeah. well, I need more time, mm-hmm. but I, there've been times for me when I have just needed time with God to process mm-hmm. something or to talk to him. And I felt like I was cheating because it was like maybe two minutes or five minutes of talking to God or writing something out. And I felt like I was good. And I'm not saying that you don't need longer times than that, but God knows what you need. And if you have a crazy day and you don't have time to go put yourself in a corner and journal for hours, he can meet you in a minute. He can meet you in five minutes or whatever you have. And so just, just do it. Yeah, <laughs> just, that's it. It's just do go it. Go to the bathroom. That's another, when I was at, when I was working outside of the home, I would go to the bathroom stall and that would be where I would pray. Yeah. And usually no one bothered me, but <laughs> <laughs> every so often. Of the time. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's being creative about what we have and yeah. just doing it. If we try to be perfect, we will never start. And it's yeah. like, like, just give, let me give God what I have and mm-hmm. let him help me grow that over time. That's good. Well, one of my favorite things about your book is you weave this story of Joshua and his journey through the whole book. And 
you talk about like how his journey parallels our own journey and you give this summary of these um, or you give these six steps mm -hmm. that he was brought through to navigate a season of longing. Can you just briefly take us through those six steps and what they are? Yeah. Um, so yeah, first is a step of self-examination. Um, mm -hmm. And really, again, that's something that's me being able to acknowledge something's wrong. And I start the book by talking about how it's the Holy Spirit that helps us acknowledge ourselves. Like this isn't a self-help book. It's not about pulling your bootstraps up and doing it yourself. It's let me surrender to the help that's already given to me by the mm. Holy Spirit to live the life I have been called to live. Um, and so being willing to have him read me and tell me, okay, Elizabeth, this is something you need to lean into. Um, and then you have Lamette. Okay. So it's like, okay, Elizabeth, I'm not supposed to run away from my pain. So what do I do with it? And that you grieve. But there are some things in our life that have been really heavy and hard. And we've carried them. And you just need to grieve. And that grieving process isn't overnight. Um, and so with Joshua, I love his story because at the beginning of the book of Joshua, you pick up the story of a man who is at a pinnacle, really, of his career, but also experiencing an immense amount of grief um, in his humanity because Moses died. And he lived with Moses for 40 years, saw Moses deliver him out of slavery. And when he is about to take a hold of the promise that Israel has been waiting for, Moses dies. And it just is like, he has to move forward in this mission, but the weight of losing a loved one and someone that he had just spent life with. And so you see Israel grieve that loss um, and just the freedom we have as believers to grieve the things that we feel we have lost. And in some sense, longing um, is a bit of a loss. We've lost um, something that we hope for. And then there's hope, right? Lament is pregnant with hope because you're not going to cry out to someone who you don't think can do anything about your situation. Uh -huh. And so it's this, how do we cultivate hope about what God is doing? And so to me, as believers, what grounds our hope is God's restoration plan. Like what has he been doing since the beginning of time and how can we find hope that if God has been transforming this world and transforming creation and transforming humanity for generations, that he is doing something in my life. Now that something might not match up with what I would want him to do or on the timetable I want him to work on, but how can I cultivate hope that God is always at work? And so when I feel hopeless, I return to this place of truth of seeing how God has worked through throughout time. And then there's remembrance. And so we need to remember who God is and who we are. Um, and so we remember that there are promises that we can hold to, but we also need to know what God has not said. I think sometimes we can get tripped up by believing God has made promises that he has not made. Like he has not promised us an easy life, mm -hmm. but he promised us that he'd be with us in the life that we have. And then longing can make us lose ourselves, that we get so consumed with what we don't have, we forget what we do have. And so it's a process of remembering, God, you've given me identity. You've given me calling. You've given me people to love and to serve. You've given me a life that's worth living. Let me remember that. Um, and then faith and joy. Like a lot of times it's, I need to step forward without all the answers. And so how can I be a person who courageously steps forward? And then joy, joy and, and realizing the reason life is worth living is because of the one who gave me life. And that's Jesus. Um, and so these, like, what are the hooks we can hang our hat on? How can we walk through and give ourselves, okay, I am feeling these things in this moment. What can I do? And so that was a goal of these six um, 
kind of spiritual discipline, so to speak, is to give people truth, but to also say, this is how I can live it out in the moment, whatever I might be experiencing related to my longing. We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, Faithful Counseling. Let's face it, life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to Faithful Counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy and financial aid is available. I recently started using Faithful Counseling myself, and I admit I had never been to a therapist, and I was kind of nervous about the process. But I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor, and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be. So our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. That is great. And, you know, as you were talking about the remembrance part, I'm just thinking when you first start this process, if you've never done it before, or if you're a new Christian and and you're just experiencing a relationship with God for the first time, you have maybe one or two things you can kind of look back on and remember. But as you go along, it seems that this process becomes faith building in the long run to the point where, I mean, in your life, have you found that this process becomes easier or does it become different as you process these things along the way? Or what, it, what is your take on that? It seems like as you, I mean, I haven't gone through these exact things, but I just, the remembrance part, I think for me, looking back on things, I can, you know, it kind of builds on as you see God bringing you through different things. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Does this process get easier or? Yeah, I think it is. I I would say both. Um, And so I would say one, it does get easier because you are um, more readily can pull from the past what God has done. So you can say, oh, I remember when God did this. So even this situation is difficult. I remember how he came through maybe in a situation that happened years before or a couple of weeks before or the day before. And so that like bolsters our strength to be able to trust him for the next thing, because we have history with God that he came through in the past. And that I always think of faith as like this muscle. And the more we use it, the more it grows and the easier it gets to grow and the heavier weights we can carry because we've just walked with the Lord. And so mm-hmm. I do believe that the process gets easier over time because we just have evidence, but also our used to practicing it. But then I think it becomes different because seasons change. And so you're dealing with a different situation, something you haven't faced before. And so it's the challenge of, will I actually trust God? It is, you know, I might be used to God in um, working in one particular job, one particular level of difficulty. And then the difficulty changes. And it's like, will I do the same thing I did before? Or will I have, you know, it's, it's a, it's always a question of trust. Will I just trust God? And sometimes it can be hard to do that when the situation is new and we don't have experience with it. Right. A different kind of trust in a different area. And it's almost like 
you know, like you said, with the example of, of building muscles, if you're, you know, bench pressing all the time, those muscles get really strong, but yeah. then you go and, you know, do the leg press and, yeah. you know, realize, whoa, all right. <laughs> this, is <new. laughs> this is new. Yeah. So I could, I like that analogy. Cause I think that's very accurate because, yeah. you know, we could trust God with like our finances, but yeah. then when it comes to trusting him with our, uh, whatever, uh, our job on yeah. the other hand, or a, a life, change a life journey thing, you know, that we have to make a big decision, then that might be something a little bit different. So yeah, yeah. but it all results in growth. And that's a good thing. It does. (laughs) Well, I love all of these steps. I feel like they're, they're really clear. And especially with the lament and hope, I, I saw that in a new way, as you were talking about it of, you know, lament being this thing that has to happen. It's like grieving the death of your way, Mm -hmm but giving birth to that hope because you know that God's way is coming. Yeah. Whether it looks like what you had hoped or not. And that's, that is to me, very um, encouraging just Mm -hmm. to know that, you know, that process of lament and taking that sadness and that grief to God is a step that kind of has to happen to let us let go of what we wanted our way and to make room for God doing a new thing in a new way, which, yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. Which of these steps resonates the most with you or what is, you know, a a step that you have felt the most deeply about or had the most experience personally with? Yeah. Um, it probably would be, uh, lament and remembrance. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and, and it's, because I find, I tell people, I don't write about things that I don't live through. So I still go back to these things myself, um, mm-hmm. depending upon the day. And so I think it's the giving yourself freedom to just say it's hard. And in a culture where we just have to do, 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 and that we can feel guilty for just admitting that this is hard and I don't want to deal with this. And like you said before, that doesn't make us a bad Christian, it just makes us human. Um, and one of the reasons I love the Old Testament is because it's a story of the nation of Israel and they're just ordinary people trying to live with the Lord in ordinary moments. And some of them are really great and some of them are really hard, but we see that they practice this and they cry out to the Lord. And so to me, that just gives me, it, it, it's a comfort to me to know that that's available to us as believers. And then remembrance, because I need to tell myself, speak to myself, God is good. God yes. is gracious. God provides, God delivers, God sees you. Because whether it's your own self-talk, it is people around you, it is the enemy trying to discourage you, um, our mind is a battlefield. And so just speaking what is true has been so powerful for me. So simple, but yet really powerful to set me straight when I veer off because of just negative thoughts. Um, And again, that's a daily thing. And so it's like, let me ground myself in what's true about God and then what's true about me. Um, and then that's what I use to make decisions and move forward in life and not necessarily always how I feel feelings aren't bad, but they aren't always the greatest, um, standards by which for us to make our decisions. Right. And even as you're doing the remembrance part and affirming what is true, you don't have to, I mean, it's almost, I hate to say this, but like fake it till you make it Mm because you're not faking it by speaking truth. But if you don't feel that. Um, like there've been times where I have not felt thankful. I've not felt um, like 
God is the things that he is. Mm -hmm. But when I speak them, there's power in that, even if you're not feeling it inside. And I feel like there is just a, I mean, I, I believe that there's a, a tangible power in Mm -hmm. the spiritual world when we speak those truths and it does change things. And, and even when you're not feeling it, there's so much power in that, in that kind of remembrance, even when you don't feel it. Yeah. I think that's really good. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what you're, you know, we talked a little bit about how sometimes we're afraid to take our disappointments to God, but Mm -hmm. that process of lament for someone who has no idea what that looks like or how to even go to God with that kind of, I don't know, emotion or that kind of, um, communication. What does that look like for you? Practically speaking for someone that wouldn't know where to begin. Yeah. For someone that wouldn't know where to begin, I always tell them Psalm 13 is a great example. Uh, Mm. I feel like there are these three phases of lament that we see kind of broken up pretty evenly in that, that Psalm. And the first one that we see David too, is he just tells, tells God what's wrong. And he is honest upon honest. Like he's like, you did not show up. You're not keeping your promises. Where are you? You've abandoned me. Mm-hmm. And there again, I highlight honesty because I, I think that there's a, a, there's a process of healing that comes and we just lay it out on the table. Uh, we honor God as God, but we tell him how we're feeling. Um, so he tells him, but then he asks him, right? So it's like, we are in need of something, whether it is, Lord, I need you to give me strength. I need you to give me wisdom. I need you to get me my feet on the ground. I'm in the bed. I don't want to get in. I don't want to put my feet on the ground and show up for today as little or as big as it might be that we ask God to do what only he can do. He's the creator of the universe. He is sovereign. He is not far away, but near and at work. And so we tell him what's wrong. Um, we ask him for help. And at the end, we see David reaffirm his trust for God. And so this is the God. And I think it's like you said before, Jamie, I may not feel like you're good, but I know you're good. Mm-hmm. And I may not feel like you're faithful, but I know you're faithful, that you have been faithful throughout generations. So Lord, will you be faithful to me? Um, and it's this process of just telling God what's wrong, asking him for help, and then reaffirming our trust in him. And I like to tell people that this process of lament can happen in one prayer. It can happen over a period of time. Sometimes we're just in a place where you got to get it out. And I don't, I don't, I know he's, I'm going to get to the stuff about who God is in a minute, but I just need to be honest. And it's like, give yourself grace for the journey that I believe that in this Psalm, David didn't write it immediately. This is just me. I don't know this. I have no evidence to prove this, but that just in his humanity, it took him a little bit to get to this place of God, I trust you. And I affirm who you are that he had to give himself space to process it. And so it's tell him what's wrong, ask him for help, and then reaffirm your trust in who he is. That's really good. Cause I know in my own prayer life, there have been times, and even now, sometimes I'll still do it. Um, where I almost feel superstitiously, like I need to thank God and praise God at the beginning before I do anything else. It's almost Mm -hmm. like buttering someone up, like, God, you are really good. (laughs) I mean, let me just tell you how good you are and how kind and really, really generous. And you just, you love to give me good gifts, don't you? And then I go on with it, but there's so much freedom. Obviously it's a relationship and you know, in our, in our earthly relationships with the people that love us the most, they can handle our just 
jumping right in with this is wrong. This is so yeah. wrong. So I think that's important to remember that mm -hmm. David put the faithful part at the end. He put mm -hmm. the God, I believe this at the end, almost as if, okay, all this stuff is true, but I do know this. I just want to yeah. make sure that I go away with you knowing that I know who you are, yeah. but it doesn't have to come first. And, mm -hmm. and we can, like you said, if we need to just, you know, do a, um, like just a, a, a spiritual dump on yeah. God, he can yeah. handle it and take yeah. it and wants us to unload on him and not bottle it up. <laughs> so that's yeah, very much true. Well, you talked a little bit before about the Holy spirit. I, I love what you say in your book and what you told us about this isn't self-help. This is the Holy spirit is in us. He's the help that we have. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the Holy spirit? Cause you, you talk at length about the Holy spirit in your book. And I would just like for you to um, just kind of share who the Holy spirit is and what his role is in this process of, yeah. of longing. Yeah. The Holy spirit uh, as Christians, we believe the Holy spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Uh, so God is three in one, God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes I think the Holy Spirit, depending upon your, your religious background in terms of Christianity, the Holy Spirit can get a kind of a, a backseat in terms of what people believe uh, who God is. And it just says he is all the attributes you would um, say are true of God, the Father and God, the Son, Jesus are true of God, the Holy Spirit. So he has been present before the beginning of time, involved in creation. He doesn't just pop up in the Old New Testament, present in the Old Testament, and a gift of God the Father and God the Son when Jesus ascends into heaven, that he gives us the Holy Spirit to walk with us to live the life he's called us to live. Um, and so in some sense, with the Holy Spirit, you have God with you at every moment. And to me, that's the most beautiful thing that God knew we needed the help and uh, sends the Holy Spirit for that. So, and we see that next to the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. But the Holy Spirit helps us grow in Christ. He helps us. He gives us wisdom. Uh, Jesus says he's, he is a teacher, uh, that he will teach us all things. And so there is this, this process or a need for us to be able to be in a place where, one, we can hear the Holy Spirit uh, and be sensitive to what is the direction he's leading me into. And so a lot of that comes from Scripture. A lot of that comes from us just reading the words that he has divinely inspired to know, okay, this is what the Holy Spirit's going to ask me to do. These are kind of the boundaries for what direction he's going to lead me in. But then just, I always think of this, the conviction that he gives and that kind of that nagging, like, oh, I need to do this or I need to pull back from this and letting him guide us in that process, being sensitive to, okay, this is who you're calling me to be. This is something I need to give up in my life that, oh, this, 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 um, Elizabeth, you have bought a whole lot of stuff this month that you don't need. <laughs> Is there something that maybe you need to think about, you know, <laughs> and you need to maybe, you know, maybe we need to check on this. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit does. Like it's these little nudges of that come out of us being in our word, being in community, um, being in prayer. And our job as believers is to respond to the nudges. And I think that that's where we can have, uh, if success is a good word we can use or that we can hinder ourselves because we just say, I don't want to listen and I'm going to do what I want to do. He wants to help us and it is guiding us and who God is calling us to be. And we see that 
the example of that and who Jesus is. So following Jesus and the Holy Spirit helps us do that. And a lot of times I think it's just these nudges and that we would pay attention to the nudges and respond in a way that helps us again, live as followers of Jesus. Yeah. And so in your own life, in hearing from the Holy Spirit, do you feel like, what are some things if someone is just wondering, I want to hear from God, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if I'm just thinking these thoughts. I don't know if it's maybe the enemy trying to, to lead me in a direction or if it's the Holy Spirit, what could you say to someone to help them discern more fully and, and cultivate that hearing? Yeah, I would, I would, uh, uh, author theologian that has been beneficial to my walk is J.I. Packer. And he says, Jesus, the Holy Spirit has a spotlight ministry of Jesus. And so I like to say the Holy Spirit is Jesus' hype man, um, that he is going to point us towards Jesus. And so knowing, is this the Holy Spirit or something else is a really great question. And what I tell people is, does this point me to bring glory to God, to be who Jesus is calling me to be, which is a person who loves people, who loves God, who is going to be obedient, who is going to be... um, uh, you think, I think of Galatians 5, 22 through 23, I think it is the fruit of the spirit. And so is what the Lord's asking me to step into going to push me in that direction, or is it going to pull me back? Um, is it going to cause me to be humble or selfish? Like, like, and us thinking if the goal is to me to bring glory to God, then how is this situation or this wisdom? I think I might be hearing is it pulling me to bring glory to God or bring glory to somebody else, which is usually ourselves or um, is usually ourselves. And so that, that to me is a boundary um, and always bringing it back to scripture. And sometimes it's good community and we need other people in our community who we know have been walking with the Lord that we can graciously just take it to them and say, Hey, Jamie, you know, I think the Holy Spirit's telling me this. And you might say, girl, no, he's not. Cause that's, you know, it's not wisdom. <laughs> or you might say, yeah, girl, I, I really, I believe that God would tell you something like that. And so it's c- community helps us the word and community and God's glory to me are the boundaries for the box of what the mm. whole of hearing the voice of the Holy spirit. That is good. I love that spotlight analogy, like that picture of the mm-hmm. spotlight. Does it put the spotlight on Jesus yep. as one of the litmus tests? That is yeah. so good. So does it put the spotlight on Jesus? Does it align with the word of God? And are you getting confirmation in community? And oh my goodness, this last year we did this, um, Ephesians study through praying Christian women. And I really wanted to go into it thinking that we, I would come away with this better understanding of the armor of God and of God's, you know, plans for us and as individuals. Mm -hmm. And I came away just blown away by the focus on the body of Christ and the importance. I mean, like importance to the point of just like the most important thing is, you know, this unification of Jews and Gentiles to become the body of Christ. And it was unity, unity, unity. And that's the same thing with this, the members of the body of Christ building each other up. And if we, we can't operate fully and flourish fully as Christians in a vacuum without Mm -hmm the help. Cause I, as you said that, I'm just thinking of times when I've felt something, you know, felt God leading me somewhere or giving me a word to do something or to say something and needing the, the most powerful examples of confirmation of that have yeah. come from 
someone texting me out of the blue with something that confirms that word that God had given me or, you know, going to church and hearing a sermon that the, the word of God is preached. And it's on that exact same thing. I've been like, God, just, I'm not sure if you're really saying this, give me confirmation. Mm -hmm. And then I go into the body of Christ and it's given in that way that that's such a good point. That's a great piece of the puzzle that needs to be there when we're, we can't hear from God in a vacuum. Mm-mm. all the time I mean not um, that he can't speak to you oh yeah, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. but like you said we need each other yes we, and we were literally created to be in community with one another yeah. and so we don't really function at our best when we're just doing life with Jesus alone I know people have ex- extenuating circumstances but as much as we can that we are living it out with other people yeah well and it's never been easier if you're you know, I'm not, I I don't think there's any substitute for the body of Christ in person together, face to face. But if you can't do that, there are many people who can't for different reasons. And there has never been, there have never been more opportunities to connect virtually with people like we're doing right now, you know, being able to, to zoom with people. If you can't be with people face to face, there, there are other ways to embrace community. If you're prevented from being able to be together with other people. So, yeah. Well, what would you say? We're, we're kind of getting to the end of our time, but I really just wanted you to address the woman listening who has lived so long Mm -hmm. with longing, with being disappointed over and over again in her prayer life, whether it's one thing after another, whether it's one specific thing that she is longing for, and is just so disappointed that, that she just feels like she's prayed out. Like yeah. what, what advice would you give her? The advice I would give her, I probably would start with, um, hope is always possible. Hmm. That as long as you, like you, we wake up every morning, um, that if we have breath in our body, there's a life for us to live yeah. and we serve a God that, uh, even in the hard places has goodness for us. Um, uh, the words of David, I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living Amen. and that I would be courageous enough to show up for the day with my longing, right? We don't ask you to not acknowledge what's true, mm-hmm. but that God help me see the hope, help me see your goodness, help me see what you have given me. Give me a renewed vision for life um, that helps me live without the things that I desperately desire, but there is always hope. Yes. And sometimes we need to piggyback on the hope of other people, um, being inspired by like, how are we feeding our hope and who we're listening to and believing and just praying for that woman that she would have good people come along her way as an point of inspiration that God, you did it for them. You can do it for me. You're the same God. Um, but hope is always possible. And, and that that's what I love to emphasize because I've felt hopeless and that God can change something overnight. Um, and that we would just keep trusting and walking, waiting for him to be who he says he is in our scriptures. Mm, amen. Well, if you could pick one thing that you, you would hope that every woman that reads this mm-hmm. book would come away with, what would it be? Um, that your life is beautiful mm-hmm. and that God has something for you to do in it. And so our friends, our family members, where we go to church, where we shop at Target, like all the things we have, they're not a coincidence. Mm -hmm. 
And that the big plan of restoration that God is doing in the world, that he's trying to bring light into the darkness. He's trying to heal brokenness. Um, that we're not part of the work of salvation he does through Jesus, but we are part of the work of bringing light to the darkness and healing brokenness. And that we would see the people around us with new eyes and say, okay, Lord, how do you want to use me to lean into what they are doing? And that we can make an impact on somebody's life, no matter how big or no matter how small. And so to me, I want a, a whole generation of women who are empowered to live with fullness and vibrancy, even as they carry their longing with them, um, mm. that we would live on mission and that people wouldn't be overwhelmed by that, but they would be excited by it because they would want to share the truth of who God is with somebody else. And there's a variety of different ways we can do that. Our passions, our interests, like God has made, there's only one you. Of the billions of people that have walked this earth, there is only one you. And that in your uniqueness that you would make an impact, whether big or small. That to me is what I would hope is that people would really live and they would live for the Lord. That's beautiful. Well, thank you for that. That is, that is so beautiful. I love it. Well, what uh, we're going to close with prayer, but before we do that, can you let our listeners know where they can find you online and where you like to hang out on social media? Yeah, you can find me online at elizabethwoodson.org. And you can find me on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Miss Jazzy Liz, M-I-S-S-J-A-Z-Z-Y-L-I-Z. All right. I'm making a note of that so we can share and link. And again, Elizabeth's book is Embrace Your Life, How to Find Joy When the Life You Have is Not the Life You, life you Hoped For. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for sharing with us, Elizabeth. This was really, really good. Yeah. Um, how can we pray for you today? I'm going to close us in prayer. Yeah, I think that just pray for, um, I'm in a new season of just building uh, opportunities to help people grow in their faith. And so that I would be courageous, I would take my own words and live courageously on faith to really do some new things and step outside my comfort zone to build the dream that God has given me. So I would just ask that your listeners would just pray for a little bit of courage that I'd be able to walk forward in some new things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Jamie. All right, let's pray. God, we just come before you so thankful for hope. We just thank you so much that no matter what is happening, no matter what unanswered prayers have, have gone in the past, no matter what longings of our hearts have remained unmet, that there is always hope because you are good and you are all powerful and because you love us. Thank you so much for Elizabeth and her message of hope and just the message that, that each person's life is beautiful and unique and being used by you, Lord, for so many things, immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. So God, I I lift up that woman listening right now who feels hopeless, who feels prayed out, who feels like she's asked and asked and just seems to come up against a brick wall. Father, we pray in Jesus name that you would restore her hope, God, that you would meet her right where she is right now, that you would surround her with your presence, that your Holy Spirit would wrap around her in a tangible way, Lord, that you would remind her that she is seen, that she is loved, 
that you are at work, even when it seems invisible, even when there's no perceptible movement in her life, God, you are at work. And we just pray that you would remove that veil, that she would be able to see your hand moving, even in little ways around her, God, that would become big ways and that she would be able to see the ways that you are working and moving and pushing her into that purpose that you established for her, that you created her to walk in from before the foundations of the world, God, that she is special, that she is precious, that she is beautiful and that you have plans for her and that you're in her life. God, just give her that hope. Lord, we lift Elizabeth up to you and just thank you for her powerful message. And we just pray God that you would give her courage, God, that you would just allow her to walk in this anointing that you've given her, Lord, this message, this encouragement, this um, this message of hope. And we just pray that you would allow her to walk in it boldly, that you would break down any barriers that stand between her and getting this message out to women in the ways that you see fit. Even if it's out of her comfort zone, God, we just pray that she would find joy, even in the things that might be a little bit scary. And that as she walks in faith, that she would see doors open that she never imagined. Lord, we just pray that you would walk with her, that you would put a hedge of protection around her spiritually, that you'd protect her from the lies of the enemy and help her to always believe truth and hear truth and surround her with people who will build her up and lift her up and point her to your truths and remove anyone who is not in that category, Lord, and and remove anyone who might seek to tear her down or speak lies or lead her in a direction other than what you have for her, God. Help your voice be clear above all the rest. And we just pray your blessing of abundance on her life and on her ministry and on her words. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.